Welcome to the Manage My Wedding podcast, where we believe your wedding is the most important time in your life and you deserve to feel supported and organised when planning the wedding of your dreams. I'm your host, Yvette Sitters. Hello, wonderful bride and grooms-to-be. Welcome back to the Manage My Wedding podcast, episode 26. Today's podcast is really an extension on last week's podcast. If you haven't listened to last week's, it was all about reception timings. And that was sit-down reception timings. But today I'm going to cover timings during the day. So while you're getting ready for the wedding and also cocktail party timings, because I didn't cover that in last week's. But today's episode is brought to you by the free Manage My Wedding eBook. The Manage My Wedding eBook is my top 101 wedding tips that will take your wedding to the next level and also cover things you have not thought about for your wedding day. The free eBook can be downloaded at www.managemywedding.com. So last week I talked all about sit-down receptions and the timings and options around sit-down. And I want to say that I do not suggest at for any moment that sit-down or cocktail is better. Like I think they're both equally fantastic, but they're personal. They're they're actually what needs to suit you and your partner and your what your wedding you know wishes are. So today I want to start with cocktail parties and then I'm going to move on to the pre-wedding timings. So these are like all the timings for while you're getting ready. I understand that not everyone is having a cocktail party. So if you aren't, then you can just absolutely skip past this part and you can go to where I start to talk about the, the pre-wedding timings. And if you just go to the show notes, there will be a mention of that timing. So you can just skip right through to that. But please, if you are having a cocktail party or considering a cocktail party, please have pad and pen and take some notes so that you can remember the timings that I'm suggesting and then you can compare to decide. So people that choose cocktail parties, you know, they they have that vision in mind that they want a more relaxed, less formal and that's exactly what they are. You know, cocktail parties are very, very much less formal than a sit-down. And they're actually becoming increasingly popular over time. That I have to say, though, they've changed so much. Since I started doing weddings over 20 years ago, I remember when a cocktail party it was literally just some couple of scattered chairs and tables and some deep fried food. And if it wasn't deep fried food, it was like those mini toasts with <laughs> the pre-cheese on top. Does, it, uh, does anyone remember that? Like, I know you can't answer me right now, but I'm sure many of you actually do remember that. Or some of you might be too young to remember. But now cocktail parties are just amazing. They look fantastic. You can get some incredible furniture and an amazing food as well. Gone are the days of just finger food. You know, there are food trucks, there's fork buffets, there's, you know, bowl food. There's so many different things you can do now. But the biggest tip I probably have if you're considering or having a cocktail party is to make sure you have enough food and enough seats. And 
I'm going to touch on those two things again later, but they are the biggest complaints from cocktail parties and probably the only two things that are complaints that you really need to think about. And people tend to drink more at cocktail parties. <laughs> I have to say that. So if you don't want people to drink too much, oh, it might not be the one for you. But people are just more free to drink more. They're not sitting down and eating a big fork, a knife, mint meal. So yes, they do drink much more. So I'm going to base the timings for your cocktail party on about five hours because as I mentioned in last week's podcast, the venues these days, a standard package or venue high is about 500, 500 is about five hours. So you've got about five hour time frame to actually work with. So the beginning of that five hours, the first 45 minutes, I always suggest that you do not join your guests. So the first 45 minutes, they can just have their pre-drinks and they can have finger food or a cheese station, which is very popular these days. But I always say, do not join them at the start. And I know some of you are like, well, I'm having a cocktail party because I want all that time with them. But there is a lot of talking at a cocktail party for you because you don't have the escape of sitting down at a table to eat a meal and having that time where you don't have anyone talking to you. And I'm telling you, talking to wedding guests is exhausting. It is exhausting and you're so tired at the end of that day. I know that I had the best wedding day and so much fun. I didn't want it to end, but I do remember at the end saying to James, oh my God, if I have to talk to another person again, you know, I was just, oh, it's just, it's really, really exhausting. So I suggest have 45 minutes away from your guests, either have that alone with your now husband or wife or have it with your bridal party, but refresh, sit down. It's already starting to be a little bit exhausting after you've had that ceremony, you've had the whole day getting ready, you've had all the wedding photos, take a little break. And, and hop off your feet. And I cannot stress this enough. Then after you have that 45 minutes, you get introduced into the room by the MC, or you can just gradually stroll into the room and start to mingle. That is totally up to you. And from this point, there's now two different options of what you can choose the next four hours to look like. So some people like to start their speeches straight away as soon as they've entered the room because they want to get those formalities and the scary parts over with so they can relax. And then at the end of the speeches, you can even cut the wedding cake because that's then done and out of the way too. And then the venue can actually just take the cake away and prepare it to serve later. And if you've opted for this option, so you're doing the speeches first and you're getting every, you know, all the formalities out of the way, I, I want to say you need to get the food out as soon as those, that cake is cut or the speeches are over because now people are starting to think about their tummies. So if you've opted to do this first because you want the speeches out of the way, this is what your timings are going to look like. 45 minutes, you've got those pre-drinks that I talked about where you're not there. Then you've got 15 minutes to be introduced and the MC giving all the housekeeping then 30 minutes for speeches, and I say 30 minutes max, give everyone a five-minute cutoff 
any longer than 30 minutes, your guests are going to start talking and get bored. 30 minutes is enough. Then 15 minutes afterwards to cut the cake and have some photos cutting the cake. And then you've got one hour of nonstop heavy food or a fork buffet. And I say heavy food because you need it to be heavy and fill them up. So you've now used, if you look at those times that I just gave and you've taken some notes, you've now used about two hours and 45 minutes max. And that leaves you about two hours and 15 minutes of the package that the venue's given you to completely dense the remaining time away with everyone and mingle with all your guests. And don't forget that in that last 30 minutes, you also need to include the garda and the bouquet toss and your farewell if you're doing those things. So that's like timing kind of option one that I suggest. Now I'm going to now I'm going to touch on option two, which is my other timing suggestion. Now this one is if you didn't want to do the speeches first. And some people choose to do the speeches first because like I said before, you know, they might have a, my, my father, for example, he was so scared of the speeches. He just hates public speaking and he just could not relax until those speeches were over. He was so, so nervous and that's all he could think about until that happened. So if you have got someone like that, you do not want to be dragging those speeches out later. But some people are like, well, you know, we don't really have, we, we, we're okay with the speeches not being first. We want to kind of mingle first and get everyone in the mood and then do the speeches later. Then that is totally fine as well. You have to go with what you think is going to work best. So if you're not having the speeches first, this is what option two looks like. 45 minutes pre-drinks, 15 minutes of being the bridal party being introduced into the room and the MC giving the housekeeping. Then one hour of nonstop heavy food or a fork buffet. Then 30 minutes of speeches after that one hour of food. Then 15 minutes of cake cutting and taking photos. And again, after that, you now have two hours and 15 minutes left to dance the night away. So you can see that all I am suggesting is that you really swap around the food and the speeches. So you have to decide what's going to work best. And it depends on what time you've also started the reception. If you've started it really early, they might not need food, lots of food yet. But if it's later, you might need food first up. But which one you choose really depends if you think they're a drinking and a party crowd or if they're not. And you're going to know which one I think suits what you and your partner like and how you want the night to flow. But I want to give tips that you need to consider for a cocktail party. So this can be for option one or two, does not matter. But these are my top tips. So tip one, think about the starting time. Because if they are a party crowd and they love to dance into the night, then you can start later than a normal sit-down reception. Some people don't even consider starting their cocktail parties until seven o'clock because they really want to be dancing until midnight. But if you've got a quieter crowd or you and your partner don't love late nights, then start earlier and wrap the night up earlier. But if, if you do want to go till quite late, just make sure you check the regulations with your venue 
or have a look at your contract just to see what it says about the time you need to finish. It also might say in your contract what timings your wedding is from until. So that might already be set for you. Tip two, seating. Oh, please do not have a cocktail party and have no seating because there are always people of different ages. There are always someone that's not 100% on your wedding day. There's always someone that's eaten too much and needs a rest. You need to have some seating. So just some scattered seating, not a seat for everyone because you don't want them all to sit. Otherwise, you should have had a sit down. Or some areas that have got some lovely couches that they can sit down and relax. And especially if there's elderly people. Tip three is food. And I, one is have enough food and two is make food accessible. And I really want this tip to really be in your head a lot and for you to truly get it because so many people have cocktail parties and afterwards people say there, it, was a, it was a great night but there wasn't enough food. It's just the worst thing that people can say and it's the one thing they're always going to remember. Actually, I did a podcast on what your guests remember from your, from your wedding day because there's only a handful of things they always remember and food was, is the number one thing. That is just what they will always talk about. But if, oh, actually, let me, I'm about, I was about to go into tip four then by accident, um, but they kind of, this works kind of with tip three as well. But tip four is don't have a cocktail party to save money. Because if you think you can save money by having a cocktail party, that is a complete myth. Because you need enough food to make sure people don't get hungry. And if you cut back on costs by reducing your food, then you're going to have an issue. People are going to be looking for food. And, oh, my gosh, there's nothing worse, is there, than when you go to a function and people are hungry and they're all standing near the kitchen door and they're pouncing on that waiter or waitress to get that food off them. It's just awful. So don't have a cocktail party to save money and try and, you know, spread out the food. It's so easy to do these days because there's so many fantastic options. So if you're having food trucks, spread them out. If you're having food stations, which work brilliantly for cocktail parties, have a couple. So everyone's not trying to fight over the one food station, especially if you've got like a hundred guests, you don't want a hundred people trying to eat off one station. And then also maybe have someone walking around with some finger food as well, then you're going to make sure that everyone has always got some food. And then tip five, and this is my last tip, is try and have some entertainment if you feel the crowd maybe is going to need it, if they're a bit of a quieter crowd. Um, some people have those big Jenga games or the big Connect Four. So you can have games that people can play or you can have photo booths they are so much fun and you can get so many different types of photo booths these days so these sort of things they'll get the atmosphere started and they'll get that noise level up a bit so they're, they're my top five cocktail party tips so now i'm going to move on to talking about your pre-wedding timings so the timings why you're getting ready during the day for those of you who use the premium version of the Management Wedding app, you'll be able to see in the app in the big page, it's called the big day, it's called, um, you can see that I have a template for the pre-wedding timings, but there's also a template for the day prior. And 
I created that because I wanted people to know what they needed to consider to get done the day before. But I also really wanted it because the last thing in that I say is go to bed early. And I even say this to those of you who are night owls, those of you who are listening that are like, no, I never go to bed before midnight. Oh my gosh. Even if you just go to bed and you lay there and you rest or listen to some meditating music or read a gentle novel, whatever it is, but try and relax and try to get to bed early because there is no doubt that you are going to rise early. Even if you're normally a person that sleeps in because you've got adrenaline and nerves and you're just always going to rise early on your wedding day because of that. So then the first thing I suggest you do the day of the wedding is get up and go for a walk or a run if you're a runner. And I suggest this for both the men and the ladies. Quite often men actually go on a groomsman run, which I know my, my husband did. There was like eight of them or something. They all went on for a run, run together along the foreshore um, in Perth because we used to live there. And they, they loved it. And he said that was great. They then went for a massive big brekkie. But if you're not a runner, get up and just go for a nice slow walk. Or if you do not want to go for a walk or a run, do something like meditate or yoga or just stretch. Just look something up on YouTube. But anything that's going to get the blood flowing, that's going to be good for the nerves or just help your mind because when you wake up, there's so much going through your mind and this is just a really nice way to start the day. Then come back, have a shower and eat a really big delicious breakfast. And (laughs) I say that, but it's probably likely you're not going to feel hungry. And if you're not feeling hungry or you just cannot force anything in, drink a smoothie because that's going to fill you up because you need to have something because I do hear so many times how someone in the bridal party or the bridal groom has passed out at the ceremony because they were hungry or dehydrated. So just make sure that after you've done something, that after that shower, you've consumed food and drink. It's really, really important. So now I want to talk to the ladies mostly about the order of the day because ladies, we have a lot more to do. Let's be honest. Hair and makeup, it it just takes ages and there is so much more to get done. The first thing you need to do is you need to talk to your makeup artist and your hairdresser and you need to talk to them about the timing so that you can tell the bridal party when you need them to arrive. And quite often they need to start quite early, but don't worry. These guys are professionals. Makeup doesn't come off, even if they do it at seven in the morning. The products they use are incredible. So your makeup won't come off and your hair is not going to fall out. But most makeup artists, they need like about 45 minutes and same for the hair per person. So if you think about that, let's say you want to allow an hour to be safe. If there's six of you, you need six hours, right, to get all your makeup done. And, you know, you don't need another six to get hair done because usually someone's getting their hair done at the same time someone else is getting their makeup done. So you really need to speak to them and ask them so that they can tell you what time you need to, they need to start from. 
And if you can avoid it, try not to travel to beauty salons or a hair salon on the day. Try and ask them to come to you because it's so much more relaxing and you don't then have to stress about getting stuck in traffic or, you know, or being in a salon with lots of other people. So that's just something to consider. Sometimes you can't avoid it and they'll make you go to them and that's fair enough. Now, you also need to talk to the photographer as well and you need to ask them what time they're arriving um, or it'll be in your contract. So sometimes you have two hours of pre-wedding photos included and if that's the case and your car's picking you up at 2 o'clock to get to the ceremony, then by midday, usually the bride needs to then be ready. So speak to them, work out what that time is, and then speak to the hair and the makeup artist and tell them that time because they then can plan to be re- have you ready by that time. Because usually you don't need to be fully ready when the photographer gets there. Normally they'll say, don't have your dress on and just do the last couple of makeup touches so that they can photograph that or video videographer can take a video um, and then they'll get you to put your dress on for, as, for the photos. So it's really important you speak to those key suppliers to organise those times. Then you need to also organise lunch and I always suggest try and either have already purchased everything and then put one person in the bridal party in charge of putting all of that together or pre-order food and have it out and ready to eat with plenty of time still to go. Don't have someone racing around on the day because, or yourself because that's stressful and, and often on the day you can't think clearly anyway. So, yeah, have, it, have that all organised before. So we now need to kind of work backwards from the ceremony. Let's, the ceremony. Let's say that your ceremony is starting at 3 o'clock. It takes 30 minutes to drive there. I then say give yourself 45 minutes to drive there. And also that allows you some time to kind of take some deep breaths in when you get there or to refresh your deodorant. I know that I was so sweaty when I got there to the ceremony that I had to have a complete refresh. I was sweating and I was crying, tears of happiness. I was just so excited that I was crying. So I needed to have time to refresh. Or sometimes you just need extra time because traffic can be hideous. So allow a bit of extra time. So if that was, it's a 30 minute drive and you're allowing 45 minutes to be safe, be ready another 15 minutes earlier. So an hour you now have. That way, if all your photos are finished of that, you know, pre-wedding time and if anything's slightly run over, you've just got that little bit of spare time. So yeah, you, as you can see, you just need spare bits of time up your sleeve really all day long. So that's the ladies. I now want to talk about the men. (laughs) And I'll tell you, this is just so much easier (laughs) to cover because men really don't have nowhere near as much as the ladies to get ready. But quite often the time can get away. But the men's timings often revolve around only the photographer. And quite often if the photographer is going to photograph the men, then he will usually, he or she, who is the photographer, male or female, will arrive to the men first before going to the other, the ladies. And they'll go to them. So the men really 
let's say that the photographer's getting there at 12, the men just need to make sure that they're dressed by that time. And I always say, make sure guys that, or ladies, make sure you tell the men that they have eaten before the photographer arrives and that they have their pants and shirts on. And maybe when the photographer arrives, they've only got to put their jackets on or they've only got to put their shoes on, just those last couple of things. And make sure you haven't had too many beers. <laughs> it's so common that men do have too many beers. But that's really it for men. It's pretty easy. Um, the one thing I do want to make mention is if you're listening, ladies, on behalf of your men, um, this was something that I forgot on my wedding day. And in hindsight, I wish I hadn't. But I had never spoken to James about his parents, where they were going to be the day of the wedding. You know, we have so much to think about and organise that it just slipped my mind. And they never went to our house where James was with the boys to get ready. And they never probably felt awkward asking. So they just got ready at the hotel where all the other guests were. And then they got on the bus with all the other guests. Whereas in hindsight, now I wish I had said to them, get to our house at 11 o'clock or whatever the time was meant to be and have lunch with the guys, um, get ready with them or turn up at one o'clock and be completely ready so that you can have some photos with James, with the photographer before you all leave the house. So they never got those photos and never got that time. So Ladies, if you're listening on behalf of your men, maybe have a think about that and talk to your partner about that and get it organised. So for both men and ladies now, what do you do during the day? And what do you need to kind of think about? So you, need, you might need some music, so you might want to organise some playlists or get someone to organise some playlists to mis- listen to some music during the day because music is always really good for nerves. You might walk down memory lane and share some really good memories and have a good laugh. You need to read over your vows at some stage during the day. And you need to take some time out to give your parents a cuddle and to thank them. I know that um, my parents financially gave us quite a lot of money for our wedding day. And my mum also made my wedding dress and my bridesmaids dresses. So I really wanted to take them aside and have some spare, some time with them to thank them for everything they had done. And that's really important that you do that. And, you know, they're really nervous as well. <laughs> like their child that they have brought up into this world is getting married. So it's a really special day for them as well. So make sure you give them a little bit of time as well. And take lots of photos during the day or ask your bridal party or your parents or anyone to take lots of photos because they're really, really good memories to look back on because it is a really, really special day. And lastly, type up an agenda for both bridal parties. I did this and it just made such a difference because the the, the boys thought it was just amazing because I was so organized. But it also stops everyone saying to you all day, Oh, what time's my makeup? When am I next? Type it all out on a little agenda, put it on the fridge or put it on the coffee table, wherever you want to put it. But you know, Kathy can then go to that agenda and go, oh, okay, 10 o'clock's my makeup, 11 o'clock's my hair. Then they know, they don't have to keep asking you. You don't have to try and remember who's going next. So yeah, I think that's really important. So there you have it. That, that is all my suggestions for 
cocktail party timings and also my suggestions for on the day and getting ready. But mostly I just want to say, enjoy the day. From the moment that you wake up, take it slow. It's a huge day. It's quite an exhausting day as well. So pre-wedding, make sure you just take it easy on yourself and make the most of that time with your friends and family before you meet your partner at the other end of the aisle. So thank you for listening. Please, if you have any questions, please get in touch with me on Instagram and ask away. I absolutely love it when I get messages of people asking questions that they're unsure about. So my Instagram handle is at managemywedding. And I always say no question is too big and too small. I I really want to help. And if you have a spare minute, I would absolutely love you to leave me a review Reviews help other future brides and grooms find this podcast and it helps them feel more organized and lead up to their big day. So make sure you leave your Instagram handle when you leave a review so I can send you a personal thank you and a little something as well. But until next time, enjoy being engaged and staying stress-free while planning the wedding of your dreams.